What is this? Fails. Fails. Well, excuse me, princess. Just shut up and listen. And listen good, chief. This is not a drill. Your words are as empty as your soul. But enough talk. How about you? When we find that media, we'll find Dr. Wowie. Welcome to another edition of When All Else Fails. I am your host, Eric M. Hunter. Ah, yeah. I was thinking lately, I don't get angry. Maybe not even, not, I don't get angry, not angry enough, or I just don't get mad. I'm not really mad at, you know, in general. I'm not a, in general, I'm not an angry person. I'm very stoic in a way. I try to live my life in a very calm groove, you could say. So there's very little that actually upsets me at the end of the day. One of the things that really does kind of get my goat Uh, Maybe some pet peeves of mine is when I see video games and pop culture used incorrectly. I don't know what it is, but it just it gets to me for some reason. So let's say you're watching a movie and the scene happens to take place in an arcade. Now, of course, you're going to see a bunch of video games that you recognize. You know, you might see Pac-Man, you might see Galaga, Asteroids, Missile Command, just to name some of the more popular ones from the arcade era to signify that this is in fact an arcade. You might even get lucky and see it Street Fighter 2. And there was one movie in particular I was watching. I can't remember the name of it now, but there was clearly a Street Fighter 2 cabinet right behind the actors. The actors were, you know, front camera, front stage, the arcade cabinet, Street Fighter 2 was backstage. You could see the intro being played, you know, like you typically would in an arcade. But the sound effects were wrong. And I could tell you that it was the sound effects to the game behind the characters because they were syncing up at least. So anytime that somebody got hit, there was a hit sound, you know, or somebody fell to the ground. There was the the falling to the ground sound. Insert sound effects from Street Fighter 2 here is what I'm trying to say. But in the movie, the sound effects were wildly different. Like to the point of somebody who is been who is a fan of this game was completely annoyed that the sound effects did not match up to the actual gameplay being played. Now, I understand why, because if this, you know, this clip happens to make it to YouTube or some other streaming service, there's a robot that's just, you know, clicking through trying to find uh, all those um, the takedowns, the D- DCMA, the DC Marvel Universe takedowns. And to get away from that, you know, you change the sound effects so it's not copyrighted material. I get it. As a gamer watching media on a TV that I have no control over, it's it's a little bit of a pet peeve. Just that, or um, when people are playing games, you can clearly see them playing a game, but they're not using the right controllers. Uh, the one that comes to mind is the 40-year-old virgin, when they're doing the infamous, do you know how I know you're gay scene back and forth. One of the actors is using like a PlayStation 2 controller, while the other actor is using a Nintendo 64 gaming chair thing, and they're playing like Mortal Kombat Deception, which was released on like PlayStation PlayStation 2 and GameCube and Xbox. Like, you can't play this game with a, with a Nintendo 64 controller. It's just, it, 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 I mean, unless if you have a converter, which why on earth would you have a N64 controller convert to, say, a PlayStation 2 console? Unless if you're masochist. That is like one of the worst controllers designed of, of all time. Mainstream. I, I know there are very, they're like third party just throws it out the door. Mad Cats 
and first act were like, you know, the predecessors to making absolutely terrible controller uh, and peripherals. I understand that. But as a mainstream controller, the N64 is probably the worst, right? I mean, I think that's kind of common knowledge at this point. But seeing these two characters on screen trying to play this game with a controller that's not even designed really is upsetting. I think the biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves about this whole video games and pop culture thing is seeing games that don't exist. For instance, The Simpsons is is iconic for creating some of these crazy arcade games, like the boxing game. Uh, there was a, a Blood Gulch, not Blood Gulch. That's from uh, that's Halo. Uh, it was Blood something. I don't remember. It was like I don't know. There's if I'm sure if you did a Google search, you'd find like a, just a laundry list of arcade games that The Simpsons have created. That I don't know about you, but I really want to play these games. Like some of these games, like just the art style, obviously is very cool, and the aesthetic is neat. Like it seems like a very very simple thing to put together. It just you know. Obviously, it's got to be copyrighted by The Simpsons and whoever owns The Simpsons, which is Fox. Yeah, I don't watch TV anymore. So like, I want to play those games, but I can't because those games don't exist. Or when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies of all time was a movie called Surf Ninja. And if you've never seen it, I highly recommend that you avoid it like the plague. It is terrible. I know because I went back and watched it. Um, it's got Leslie Nielsen as the bad guy. And he plays like this robotic samurai. And it's about these this, these two brothers who are Samoan from Hawaii. And they're surfers. But then they have some sort of background into like ancient arts. and But they're ninjas. Anyway, I think the main kid is the kid who's the pizza guy in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I'll have to look that up. I'll look it up later. Somebody look it up for me. But so the, the younger brother has a Game Gear, a Sega Game Gear. And the reason for that... That is because Sega was like, hey, we got we want you to demo this uh this this new handheld we have. We, we're trying to beat out Nintendo. It didn't work. But we're trying to beat out Nintendo, and we we really want people to see how this thing is made. So they made a game, a Surf Ninjas game, that was specifically used purely for the movie itself. They also made an actual Game Gear game based off of the movie. And again, it's a terrible game. Avoid it like the plague. But this game actually in the movie is there, it just doesn't exist. But like I want to play it, even though it's completely hokey and probably doesn't even act actually play it just plays videos so they can sync it up to the movie i get that i know where it's coming from that doesn't stop me from wanting to play that game but i can't because it just doesn't exist it is it is just something that is just not there it's like a it's like a unicorn the surf ninja game for the game gear is a unicorn is my unicorn i will never be able to catch it if you rub it it'll grant you wishes and i, I it'll never happen it i will never i've looked i've looked at you know rom sites by breaking the law i've done extensive surf ninja research Again, I highly recommend you do not do because those are years of my life. I can never get back because I was so involved with the production of this terrible, terrible movie. Leslie Nielsen's okay with it. It's very slapsticky. There's fart jokes. There's a there's a robotic hand ball grab towards the end. There's not. It's just not a good. It's not a good movie. And the game is. It's like this really bad platformer, side scrolling, uh, beat 'em up kind of like Karate Kid style for the any but way worse somehow. Oh, it's so bad. I think I own only like two copies of it. So I mean, you know, it's if you want to donate some more, I'd be happy to DM you my address so that you can just send me your copies of the game. Also Shaq Fu, if you have Shaq Fu, I would love to have your copies of Shaq Fu because my plan is to get a giant garbage bag full of cartridges so I can send them off to Shaq himself uh, to sign. And then I'm going to uh, donate them to um, somebody who's never played the game. So it'd be like, oh, Oh, wow. Thanks for this. 
this autographed copy of this video game and that's got Shaq on it. It's got Shaq's in the game and then Shaq signed it and then you play it and you're like, oh man, this game's trash. This is a really bad game. It's a bad fighting game. You're welcome, person who I'm going to give these games to. You're welcome. But we hop on into a question. Dear fails, I have failed and must offload my video game collection. What is the best way to do so? Signed, Broke Wario and Walla Walla Washington. You failed. Game over. Literally, game over. You have to hand your games over to somebody. What's the best way to offload it? Well, I'm assuming that since you failed, you probably need to get some sort of money off of it. So the logical sense would be to, you know, take it to eBay, sell it piecemeal. Maybe if you have a series, let's say, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, one, two, three for the NES. You could kind of package those together, make a package deal, sell those on eBay. Try not to get Skyped though. Some of those sellers suddenly live in Russia or some strange country like Oregon, and then you ship it off to them and suddenly it's lost, quote unquote, and the United States Post Office service has no idea where it's at. And then eBay goes and sides with the buyer and gives them their money back because, well, the tracking information says it's still in trade. I know that tracking information. So be weary. I know there are definitely um, those websites that are like the hardcore historical collectors. Uh, that are looking for like the really choice pieces, you could probably go there. Um, there's charity, of course. If you want to make a charitable donation, I know that you know you can claim that on your taxes. I, you know, I you're gonna have to find out how much these games are worth. I mean, if you got Surf Ninja for the Game Gear, you can just send that to me. I would be happy to to take that charity. Um, these the, you know these these choosers aren't beggars over here. If you know what I mean, you could create a collage, maybe do like an art project, submit it to some festivals, and see if maybe you can get you know a couple of blue ribbons, maybe a, a gold ring in exchange for. The the games, you know, so it's like you you make this art project, some sort of collapse of the video game industry from, you know, the, the 1970s, 1980s, and then you morph it into this, this statuesque pile of plastic to show how man is controlled by consumerism and how capitalism is, is really rotting at its core. And then maybe somebody will buy it from you and give you like a couple of grand for it to kind of make up, you know, like it's, it's art now, so it's worth more than the actual games. That's a thing. You could just quit being a baby and keep them. I mean, just because you failed, it doesn't mean you're out of extra lives, you know? Like, you got some men. I can see it's the little, it's your pixelated face X2. So that means you got at least two more tries. You can't just give up, you know, if you, if you failed once. Gosh, I mean, could you imagine how many people would stop playing after failing for the first time? Or, you know, you could just give them to me. I'll take them. Even if it's not Surf Ninja, I'll take it. Or Shaq Fu. I'll take them off your hands. That's what you could do. You could give them to a fr I've done this in the past. So I was, you know, uh, real talk. I've, you know, been down on my luck a couple of times throughout my life. I'm fine with saying, you know, I've been able to dig myself out of those holes. And one of the things that I always leave to the very end to sell if I'm really desperate for money is my gaming collection because I know that it's something that really means something to me and that I know the second I sell something that's a childhood treasure of mine, I'm going to immediately regret it and then want it back. Um, so I've got a gateway friend. He's the same person who sells me gateway PCs. So I can just give him a ring and say, hey, I need some extra cash. Can I give you, sell you these games for an X amount of money so I could pay, you know, rent or my car payment or buy more Surf Ninja cartridges? And then when I can get the money back, I can just give you that money back to buy the games back from you. That way, you know, you're giving it to somebody who obviously takes care of things 
this because they haven't made gateway PCs in forever, you know, and these things are in pristine condition. This guy knows his craft, and you know they're in good hands, you know that it's with somebody you trust, and you know they're probably not going to turn around and sell it for meth or something. So that's that's a positive. So you need to find, you know, like a gateway friend. That That's probably the... The best. If you've really failed, like I've failed in the past, that's probably what I would do. That's probably the, I would say that's the best piece of advice. Or, you know, again, the art, the art collage. I think that's a good idea too. There's a lot you could do with it. Welcome to the Mega Man Minute. It's a podcast within a podcast. I am now rating all of the 8-bit Mega Man games from the best to the worst. Um, I've decided that I need to take out the whole 8-bit part of it because I, I plan on playing like Mega Man 7 which is a 16-bit game. Uh, I don't plan on playing Mega Man 8, but I definitely plan on playing Mega Man 9 and 10 uh, that were released, you know, on other consoles because I feel like that's still kind of in the same homage. Anyway, my plan is to play all of these Mega Man games to finally rate them from best to worst. I have finished playing Mega Man 2. Here's how it stands from best to worst. Number one, Mega Man 2. Number two, Mega Man 1. Well, we just hop into a game fact. This comes from the WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game, Sega Genesis board. This is from Game Facts user Hutzar? Hut Hutzar. Hutzar. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Hutzar. H-T-U-S-A-R. I'm just going to call him The Hut. So The Hut says, Is there a way to off the blocking? When I was a kid, as far as I remember, there was a option setting under Bret Hart, Lex Luger, where I could change the settings. There was various difficulty level like easy medium hard get real etc i recently downloaded the game there is no options is there a way to change options how can i off the blocking mode so again people you've got to quit putting online that you're breaking the law by downloading roms it's that simple. Just stop. The FBI is out there. They are watching you from your webcam, regardless if it's covered up or not. They're listening in through their microphones that are built into everything in the world. My refrigerator has a microphone. Why on earth would my refrigerator have a microphone? Because the CIA and the FBI are watching you, waiting to hear if you are illegally downloading games. You just gotta stop. Just, just, just stop. Unless if it's just absolutely impossible for you to play the game, then, you know, maybe I'm not gonna condone breaking the law. There's no option setting. Clearly, this person's mistaking. There never was an option. I will admit that the difficulty level of quote-unquote get real is right up my alley. I would totally set that setting on everything. I think every game should have a get real setting. Even if it's something as simple as like a dating sim, no, that would be sad. That would be the saddest setting in any video game is on a if <laughs> this dating sim, sim had a get real setting in the difficulty. No, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Well, let's say like root beer tapper, like get real. Okay, let's get real. You wouldn't be that busy. You definitely wouldn't be throwing bottles like especially glass bottles down a, an empty um, bar table. Patrons would not be throwing them back. They would just be casually coming up to the bar, waiting their turn, for the most part being kind 
whined about it. And then when it was their turn, you're like, hey, you know, let me get a beer. Uh, oh, you know, cash your card. Card, do you want to check out? No. All right, I'll leave it back here. So just let me know. We'll start building a tab. That would be the get real setting of Root Beer Tapper. That is the setting of the game that I want to play. Popeye, olive oil would not just be hanging out in the top waiting to be rescued by Popeye. No, it just wouldn't happen. She would just climb down and be like, oh, hey, how you doing? Did you know, did he pay for that hamburger that he gave to him on Tuesday? I mean, that he he owes you money, Popeye. I mean, olive oil don't take, you know, no guff. Or maybe, you know, the uh, get real setting on like a first person shooter. So let's say Call of Duty, get real setting. You've got your ghillieweed suit on. You're crawling through under tanks and stuff. Somebody sees you, pops you, you're dead. And then you just lay there because, you know, you're, you're dead. They might come over and like rifle through your stuff, your pockets, try to see if you got any money or like take your gun from you, any kind of ammunitions, medical supplies. And then they probably just leave you there to bake in the sun. You can't turn the game off. You can't restart. You don't have any extra lives. We just got real. This is how you get real. Driving simulators. Could you imagine a get real setting in a driving simulator? Especially something like Rad Racer on the NES with a get real setting. You're cruising down the road trying to catch up, make it to the end. You want that checkered flag. Some car out of nowhere sideswipes you. You're swinging back and forth. You're fishtailing. You're fishtailing. You're trying to gain control. You're turning into the skid. Boom! You hit the sign. You go flipping up and down. And that's it. Car catches fire. Ambulance comes in. New guy in the corner's puking his guts out. It's horrific. That's Let's get Get real. That's what I want. I want games that just get real. You can be any fantastical thing that you want in the world. You can create any kind of narrative or storyline and character development you want. But if I got that get real setting on, I want to get real. You want to turn off the blocking mode? How you turn off the blocking mode? I don't even remember blocking in this game. Can you block in this game? Oh, you can block in this game. I didn't think you could block in this game. Well, you know, blocking is just a, I mean, blocking is a, a very common maneuver. Just, I mean, it is something you do. I mean, they block in wrestling all the time. Why would you not want to block? I hate games that don't block. I find it interesting when there's a block button and it's just not me holding back or in the opposite direction of the other fighter to block. I don't know why you'd want to turn off blocking. Well, you just turn down the difficulty level. If you got it on get real, you're going to have blocking because that's real. That's as real as get real can be real. Real? Real. All right. I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy. It's time for the treasure chest. Hey everybody, welcome to the treasure chest. Again, I want to thank everyone for uh, contributing uh, information and content to the show to help form it. We're just trying to make it better. Uh, with that being said, we are again without anything to promote. Um, I blame myself and my parents for the shortcomings. So if you or uh, have something that you would like people to know about or you know somebody who knows somebody who has something that they want to play, it could be anything. It could be a video game. It could be a book. It could be a movie. It could be a review. Uh, it could be arts and crafts, it could be anything, anything, anything. So, uh, please send all of that, uh, to mail at capitalidearadio.com, or you could shoot me a link on Twitter, at Eric Hunter. Uh, I would be happy to include all of that here. Until then, we must dive back in to the absolute terrible video game reviews on Steam. This one comes from a game called Trailer Park Boys Greasy Money. Trailer Park Boys. Not familiar with the show. I'm aware of the show. Not familiar with it. It's by Eastside Games. It was released early this year in 2018, February the 15th. Um, let me just put like some light banjo strumming in the background on this one. This review comes from Journey Over Hours on Record 
standard 1.6 not recommended. Starts off pretty quick, but as you progress through the quote-unquote seasons, things slow down to a literal crawl due to the scarcity of quote-unquote liquor, which is needed for every single type of upgrade, which is one of the main ways you'll be progressing through the season missions. Parentheses, there are other objects as well that can help you progress, but 99.9% .9 of the time, the objectives require you to spend quote-unquote liquor in parentheses. Idle slash clicker games are supposed to be slow progress at start, and speed up the more you play. But the game feels like it's doing the complete reverse. It slows down on progress the more you play. All in all, I'd say stay away from this game unless you either love super slow progress after just an hour of playing or you like P2W games. Now, I find this one funny because the reviewer claims that the game comes to a literal crawl. And I think we all know where we're going with this one. If the game's not crawling on the screen, I don't want to play it. And I've got a pretty good indication that this game is not literally crawling. So you can just put that right out the window, shut the window because the air's on and we don't want to air condition the outside. We're not made of money. On top of that, this kind reviewer feels like they should give me the information of what they deem as what an idle slash clicker game is, that it's supposed to be slow progress at the start and then speed up the more you play. Why can't it just be slow all the time? Why can't these idle games speed up all the time? There is no slow part. There's no slow progress at all. There's no progress. I win and I win button on these clicker games. You click the button, boom, game over. That would technically be a clicker game. I click the button, right? I don't have to bend to your definition, journey over. I'm over your journey and I'm over you. 1.6 hours on record, not recommended. Or <laughs> this one's even better from, uh, I don't even, I don't, czcina.ie. Just going to call the reviewer Karen. 99.7 hours on record. 99.7. That's almost a hundred hours on record. Review? Decent. That's it. Almost a hundred hours I have dedicated myself to this game. Granted, it's a clicker idle game, so you're probably just loading it in the background and doing other things. Still, decent. A hundred hours. It's decent. I couldn't tell you something that I've put a hundred hours in only to turn around and say, decent. Yeah, that 100 hours I just put into that, it's decent. It's a decent amount of 100 hours. I wouldn't mind giving that back. You know, you can keep it. You can keep that 100 hours I just gave you. I had a decent time. I'm decently well off now. Yes, it's decent. 100 hours. Unbelievable, people. I don't have time for this. Treasure chest over. Let's slink back into another question. Now that some gamers are caring about narrative due to God of War, how do I show someone or write more about games that have done narrative and story better, but yet don't get recognized by that group of gamers. Signed, my good friend, Mr. Eddie V. Eddie Rennell, that retro code on Twitter. God of War has definitely done a very, very good job at raising awareness that single player narrative based games are here to stay. There are still games to create stories to tell. You are absolutely correct. How do you show more people games that also have a narrative and story that might be better, but they're being ignored? Hmm. So the obvious first thing would be to review these games. Um, you can go clickbaity with the titles and be like, better than God of War. And then show, you know, God of War dude beard bro next to whatever the hero is of the game that you're tr wanting to talk about. So that people are like, oh, wait a second. There's no way. I'm not even going to read the article. I'm just going to go straight to the comments. Flame, flame, flame.
That could be one way of doing it. Because, you know, you're going to hook, line, and sinker all of them. But you're going to get a few that are going to be willing to actually, you know, read through the article. Uh, videos, obviously, are a big thing. You could draw, draw those comparisons. You could draw those comparisons. Hey, if you like this game, you like this. I know I'm a big proponent of that. So that's always going to be one of my sticking points. You could create a podcast. There you go. Create a podcast. But it's a let's play. Since it's narratively driven, I don't physically need to see what's going on on screen, right? Because there's just so much, there's so much narrative and story, character development element that I can just listen to it. You can give me commentary. You can make a commentary track of you playing the game as you're commenting on the narrative that is taking place in front of you. Make that into a podcast. I would listen. I'm not even going to hashtag that TMTM copyright that. That's all yours. That's a great idea. Could you imagine like listening to a commentary track of let's say the wolf among us, especially somebody who's played the game and then you're commenting on the narrative and talking about the character development and the choices that are being made while the game's happening in the background. Yes, sir. I'd listen to that. I'd listen to that in my car right now. I'm not even going to be driving anywhere. I'm just going to be idling in the garage, doors closed. I'm going to crank up your podcast, maybe crack the window a bit, let that fresh air in, and then just, you know, enjoy my time spent with you. I would do that. You should probably do the podcast thing. That's a, that's what I would do. Do the podcast thing. You're a podcaster, Eddie. Come on. You do tons of podcasts. You're great at this. Do that. Might be a little discombobulated. You'll get used to it. You'll find the flow, you know? You'll find how it's going to work. You'll find the groove to make it work. You got to get out there, though. You got just got to get feelers out there. Like, I talk to people all the time or you know, making YouTube videos or writing, you know, journalism about games and stuff like that. And it's, you know, why should I do this? There's a thousand people before me that have done it. And you know what? They're right. And there'll be a thousand people after you that'll do it. I want your take. Let's hear what you got to say. Give me that commentary. I like God of War. What other story-based narrative games can I play? I mean, if you want a suggestion for the first game you should pick to talk about, Clue Clue Land. Amazing narrative story, Clue Clue Land. Check that out. I would say that's better written than God of War, hands down. Maybe even better game mechanics you don't need axes you got you know claws yeah that's that's exactly what should happen that's exactly what you should do right there boom done start brainstorming podcast names like um masterpiece theater for the for the video game mind or uncle jerry's hip-hop tombs for a new generation or digital underground oh scratch that that's already a thing this is just a gaming podcast there you go that's a good one let's do that Got a hot sweet games fact here. This comes from the Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets board for the GameCube. Game facts user is Croak Pad. Croak Pad. How do I end the day? I just started the game and finished denoming, but I don't know how to end the day or get out of the garden. Please help. So first you got to finish denoming. By doing so, you are literally committing genocide. And the reason that you can't end the day is because God won't let you. The video game gods know that you have done a terrible thing, such as genocide, of the gnome-ish population. There are no more gnomes in this garden. You have wiped them all out. You have to sit and eternity and think about what you have done. The day will never end. You go up to that garden wall. You think you can climb over it. Suddenly it grows taller. You keep climbing. You keep climbing. You keep climbing. You look down. You're still only five feet off the ground. You climb some more. Time some more, 15 more minutes, 20 more minutes, you look down, 10 feet off the floor. You're going nowhere fast, 
and you know it because you have literally slaughtered an entire race of individuals. People who had hopes and dreams and families. It's a gnome that just woke up at eight o'clock. He put that coffee pot on. It's super tiny, right? Cause the gnome, these gnomes are tiny. So everything else is tiny. They got small hands and small hats, small beards and mustaches, little tinker toys that they play with their kids. Everything is tiny, but he slaps that coffee pot in, hits the on button, thinks about going for a jog, thinks better of it, walks outside, grabs his tiny little newspaper, the gnomish times. Just wants to know what's going on in the world before him. Coffee's done, he's sipping it back, his kids are up, his wife's nagging at him. All he wants to do is just have a quiet, peaceful morning before he's gotta go to work. But it's too late, his nine to five is calling him in. He walks to work because he knows that it's better for the economy and the environment that if he walks rather than drive his little gnomish car. He gets to the garden that he backbreakingly takes care of day after day after day, five days a week, 365 days a year, with the exception of the days he's not working, which that math is too far out of my scope for right now. And then suddenly you come along and you're tasked with de-gnoming the garden. Garden. And you want to get out? You want to end the day? No. You do not get that privilege. You have to go to these gnomish homes and tell these gnomish wives and these gnomish kids what you did. And until that happens, will the day end? Or you can just use, you know, there's there's a cheat menu, so you can just level skip through it. It's a dumb mission anyway. It's very early in the game. Just just use the level skip. Come on. The, the, the level skips are there for a reason. I mean, it's, come on, come on. Let's go. All right, before we wrap this up, I am here to tell you that we are part of the Capital Idea Podcast Network. Find more great podcasts, including this one, CapitalIdeaRadio.com. To help form this podcast, email goes to mail at CapitalIdeaRadio.com, or you can get equipped into my DM on Twitter at Eric Hunter. If you want to find all the brand new releases coming from the Capital Idea Network, uh, follow them on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all under the tag of Capital Idea Rad. I, this is radio, but without the O, you drop the O. Capital Idea Radio, drop the O. Drop it. Before we get out of here, we want to talk about what is going to be the next up-and-coming Mario power-up, Swiss cheese. I got a feeling there's a lot of holes in that one. I am Eric M. Hunter, passing it to the left one time and helping out the blind when all else fails. You are almost a Jill sandwich. Capital idea. Creating some of the best audio entertainment to put in your ear holes. At least, we think so.